Hi, this is Christina Kay. And Joe Mullings, and welcome to Online. Today's guest in the studio is Ed Tetzloff, our LinkedIn liaison extraordinaire who helps us figure out how to navigate and optimize our presence there. Great to be here. Great to see you guys again. Ed here, he's going to give us some jewels, gems. I've got a bunch of questions for him on his opinion on how LinkedIn fits into the social world, not just the business world. I look forward to uh, doing my best for you. Nice. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Ed, share a little bit about your background first. Yeah, uh, five years uh, at LinkedIn, uh, started in New York uh, in 2013, uh, did two and a half years in the Hong Kong office for LinkedIn, now back in New York. My job is to work with enterprise recruitment firms and technology consulting businesses to help them get more deals done on LinkedIn. Nice, and he does do a good job of that. Certainly yeah. LinkedIn's been instrumental in our growth. We've done the deals. We've done, we've done the deals. So what have you seen over the last couple of years in regards to the progression of LinkedIn uh, in the, let's talk about in the business world first. Yeah. I mean, it's gone from something that was sort of regarded as uh, quaint and maybe I should be there to essential. The businesses that are not marketing themselves are definitely missing and are at a competitive disadvantage. From a business sense with the acquisition by Microsoft, we're able to roll out more and more exciting updates that are more significant uh, much faster. And I think that Mullings Group has been very good at adapting to those very fast changes. So part of my job as the relationship manager is to make sure you're aware of them and that you know how to deploy them for your own purposes. Um, What what are some of the rookie errors you see on LinkedIn, first and foremost, that come right out of the gate? Treating it like another database and looking to mine it and just take, right? One of the things that we've been doing very effectively is telling a story and realizing that your digital impression impacts outcomes in real life. Right. So if someone is looking to get more information on a product on Amazon.com, it's very easy for them to do that. Someone's looking to get information on a property on Trulia or any number of other house sites, very easy to do that. When they research your company on LinkedIn, how easy is that? If that experience is lacking, you might find your success is diminished. And it's hard to realize that until you see someone already doing it better. And I think Mullings is already doing it better. Huh. That's interesting. I never thought about it that people will go to Truly or Zillow or whatever the database is, Amazon, and it's already it's already established on there. So as good or as bad as you represent yourself to the outside world is really what's going to happen on LinkedIn. You go to the one-star reviewed Yelp restaurant. Some negative reviews, are we going to go there? We might not. Could it be an excellent restaurant? Restaurant? It very well could be. This is not me like endorsing uh, you know, the Yelp uh, monopoly, but what you see online, it could influence you. It does. I mean, that's that's sort of undeniable at this point. I think everything is sort of productized now, including people. And I think if you're not if you're not thinking about the brand that you represent in in any market that you're in, personal and professional, I think you're just really behind the tide. Right. Especially if you're looking to like solicit an outcome, if you're looking to get business done, you're a stranger. Right. What is the context for that person reaching out to me? Just another message in the inbox. And if they Google you, what do they see? Right. A lot of times they'll see your LinkedIn profile and that's by design. It informs a lot of search engine optimization. Can they go to your website? Yes. But today, do you have more of your target audience on your website or more of your target audience on LinkedIn? This is like without pride or avarice. It's just, what's the answer to that? Now, if the question is more people are on LinkedIn, that's okay. Until that changes, let's make sure that we're driving traffic to the place you want it to go. 
Yeah, that's that's really true. Even when when I interview somebody for our firm, the first thing I do is Google their name. And oftentimes in the first five to seven hits, their LinkedIn profile comes up because I am looking for them first and foremost in a professional fashion. I don't think a lot of people think that way. Uh, You know, their Facebook comes up and their LinkedIn comes up first. And it's oftentimes an afterthought is how you represent yourself to the outside world, especially on LinkedIn, of all things. I was actually hired to my first recruitment firm job without a LinkedIn profile. Would you do that today? No, no. I mean, times have changed. I've watched it over the last year, two, three years, right? Chris, no, you're interesting. You're incredible professional background. But did you care about your LinkedIn profile and the world you played in? Um, I didn't when I was just straight up creative, you know, like uh, when I was living in New York, I was working for the fashion industry and I was teaching at Pratt. So I was really very much immersed in a a much more creative or fine arts world. But then when I moved to the Bay Area and I started getting into marketing and working for marketing firms, for sure. I mean, I worked for a marketing firm and our two biggest clients were EA Games and Microsoft. And my boss told me, I'm not taking you to Microsoft without a LinkedIn, like sit down, fill it out. Let me take your picture because I'm not walking on there without you. And, you know, I've used it much more since then. And I I definitely have seen its merits when I was networking at Microsoft. I like what you said on the creative side, because I've had clients say, well, creatives think this way, and I'm not a creative, right? So could you speak a little bit about the mindset of, of other people that are creatives and how they perceive LinkedIn? Sure. I mean, so in for me in my industry, or at least my experience in it, it's all portfolio. So I think... And I think this is something that LinkedIn is really sort of adapting to is that it's becoming much more media rich than it's been before. But for someone like me, if I can't put my work on there directly, its value is a little bit diminished. And that's why I think where it's going is so exciting because you can be more present as a creative now than you ever could be before. And because there's already a built in network and the people who are hiring you to make videos are not often people who make videos, right? They're other people who need you to be able to to make a presence there, I think would be invaluable. That's, that's a great point. The people who make the buying decisions for the businesses that you create for are the people like myself who do 90% of our networking on the LinkedIn profile and not on any other platforms that you probably would showcase your work. Right, exactly. Yeah, so to close the loop, we currently have the ability to do native video. That was something that we've rushed out very recently. If you don't have it today, it may be because you're not a massive influencer on the network. It is something that we release in a staggered fashion. So you will have that soon. Um, we also have the ability to host uh, YouTube links, uh, images, PowerPoints, and videos within your profile. So if you are a creative and you also feel like the value is diminished because you can't host your work. These are the formats that we support today. We were talking yesterday, Christy, you and I uh, and, and, and some of the team here about the cadence of the social platforms. And I'm going to call LinkedIn a social platform, Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. So share that conversation with some of the people in the market that are like over 50 like I am and, and the cadence of intimacy on those platforms. Well, it's, I really do believe that this all sort of changed because of dating apps. Because you started to include the digital into your personal in a way that it never had been before. And so like uh, a lot of dating apps link directly to your Instagram. So it's something that people access immediately. Instagram is like, I think it's like the cheapest social commodity with a huge payoff because it is so 
uh, visual and media rich and it really can give you a window into a person's life. You know, Instagram feels very, very disposable in that way that you would give it to anybody. But then something like Snapchat feels really personal and I think you'd be a lot more candid because it's ephemeral. But I, I do feel like LinkedIn, you have to develop a very specific presence there. You have to be a, a certain kind of person. We think about this a lot in the content that we produce. What's the audience, you know? And I think you're dealing with a lot more adults. A lot of people are a little more buttoned up, right? So you can't just transition your Instagram life, you know, or if you're like a mom on Facebook and you're like posting every picture of your kid ever of all time, like that's not the same person who should be on LinkedIn. And just because you have access to that media doesn't mean that's the person you should be displaying. I think that's a hard transition for younger people, actually. Yeah, I think that one of the things that that you and your team have done a great job of is tailoring your approach to social media to fit the platform. And you're thinking about the psychology of the person that's going to be viewing that, right? And I've heard Joe say that on Instagram, you're kind of in escapism mode. When you're on Facebook, you are connecting with your old buddies, potentially looking to consume. So on LinkedIn, you think about who's going to be there. It is going to be the working person or the person looking for a job. They're on their phone, they're on the way to work, or they're in between meetings. So you have a very little amount of time. You have to cultivate that like really quick hit until you start getting their deeper attention towards you. So this rings true not only for your profile and your employees' profiles, but also the way their company presents itself. So start with those bite-sized jabs until you build enough mental clout to actually draw them deeper into your business. Now, when that happens, this is a very, very important window, right, that they research your business. If that experience is lacking, you lost them. Make sure that that is a funnel that is going to make them to do whatever it is you want them to do. If it is to pay attention to you moving forward as a follower, if it is to pick up the phone and call you back, respond to your message. So this is the single most challenging thing for most businesses. I, I like that about LinkedIn, right? So here's what's great. You can watch people go viral immediately on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook. You know, my the thing that comes to mind all the time and I laugh about it is Backpack Boy. I knew that was right? coming. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Right? Overnight, the guy gets an SNL gig. He's he's on with Katy Perry. Arguably zero skill. <laughs> okay, but totally interesting to look at, right? Right? His 15 minutes of fame, and God bless him. I hope he leverages it. That is non-existent on LinkedIn. There's not a viral or a constant viral product on LinkedIn as there is on all of the other platforms. When you're on LinkedIn, you are constantly evaluated on your credibility and what you've delivered historically throughout your career. And only then are you potentially attractive to engage with. And that plays, I think, into what you're chatting. Right. And not to get you know, too uh, beneath the kimono, but what you're describing is at work in the technology, right? So if, if you are someone that is spamming the next job that you need, or you're always looking to take, that's not going to work. That's not a sustainable strategy, right? If no one is paying attention, if everyone is ignoring you, the technology will begin to ignore you as well, and vice versa. I also think it's important to remember when you're producing content for LinkedIn, which is what we do here, nobody goes there to consume for the sake of consuming, ever. People go there for valuable content. They go there for information. There is no real escapism in LinkedIn. You go there with a purpose and you and you hope for an outcome, right? Like I think that there's so much hope and aspiration built into the entire process of having a job, looking for a job, maintaining a job, that I think if you're just producing empty content there, you have no audience. 
Yeah. So the goal of the company is to have uh, every job, every professional, every university on a single uh, economic graph. Because if you have that all digitally represented, then everyone can make a better business decision. New grads can make better decisions about what major. Uh, people looking to move jobs can move. And and like as a people, like we become more effective. The purpose driven mindset is important to know. Um, we did acquire some companies that allow us to be the number one publishing platform. So we will look to engage people to be there for news. Um, and that's how we keep engagement within the network. So as you look to develop yourself on LinkedIn, if you can become one of those newsworthy, followable individuals and you are influencing what people do, uh, your power grows along with that. Yeah. And it all goes back to the credibility factor. It's not the, the, the viral effect. And also what I do like about it is it's incredibly, in a positive way, judgmental on what should be on there and what should not be on there. Yeah, there is a bit of uh, self-governance there. Not a lot of F-bombs on LinkedIn. <laughs> right, I try I, and reduce mine there. Right. So if you can't be anonymous, there's not as much you can get away with. I mean, not that you can't F-bomb it in a context like hashtag Gary V, right? And, and sometimes ourselves here. But, you know, if you can't be anonymous, you can't just like, you know, throw dirt on anybody. Right, you have to carry yourself hopefully with a certain thoughtfulness. Although yeah. you should know that Gary V bleeps him. Like he gets put, bleeped on us. He bleeps him. I'm sure he does it himself. It's very expertly done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Ga- Ga- Gary yeah, totally is is yeah. The, the the they're they're bleep. They're yeah. yeah which but just I, is a is proving the fact that there's just different personas and you have to know how to tailor to your audience because he's he doesn't bleep anywhere else. So so you know that's funny bringing up Gary and, and most know I'm a fan of Gary's. It's going to be interesting to see how he adapts his messaging to this platform because you know Gary's high octane, incredibly intelligent on all social platforms. So he's going to be one of those that is going to step over into this platform and be, you know, 500 miles an hour with your hair on fire and typically is appealing to the 25 to 35 year old emerging entrepreneur um, yet there's a bunch of 50 year old closet guys watching him and be like dude that's awesome and you're speaking the truth but his messaging is going to be super interesting to watch how he tries to gather followers rather than just the followers that are here now following him yeah i mean of the content that i've seen of his on linkedin it is well adapted uh so far and I know that you guys have a positive relationship. And a question for you is, when did you turn the corner on uh, LinkedIn? As someone that has been in the recruitment space, that's owned businesses, right, knows recruitment businesses, I feel there is a point where LinkedIn sort of made this inflection and like we're now less of a nice to have and more of like get with it. Like when do you feel like that that may have happened for you if it hasn't already? Well, gosh, you know, we've I've been at this 27 years and it was always a nice to have. And 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 one of the one of the young incredible producers in our firm, Giovanni Larcella, used to be on it incessantly about five or six years ago. And I would, my head would explode. I'm like, get off that and get on the phone. You know, because years I did it, one phone call, one person, influence somebody, get them to move. One phone call, one person, and so on, right? Day after day, week after week, year after year. And then I stepped back for a second. I'm like, okay, grandpa, you know, let's not necessarily subscribe to that. And then, I don't know, 18, 20 months ago, by accident, I, I saw Gary. And I watched on how he was influencing people at scale with a message that he felt was incredibly authentic to him. And he did not care whether you agreed with him or not. 
that is very similar to my recruiting and talent acquisition philosophy that has made us really number one in the world in med tech. And then we looked at LinkedIn and I said, okay, hold on a second. If I can influence people one-on-one, why don't I, you know, spend time influencing one in a million? And, you know, we spent time with uh, Gary at VaynerMedia. That, that, that 4D session was unbelievable. You know, Ryan Dight and I went up there and saw it. And we started committing. I mean, all chips in to use a Garyism, right? And we brought on a seven-person digital media team to build out our platform and get our message out. And our message is, here's what you deserve in the workplace, and here's how you get it. So I would say 18, 20 months ago, we became an incredible convert. I love how you contextualized it with uh, Geo and the amount of time spent on the phone, You know, especially for people that are in recruitment or even for people that are like shakers and movers in their respective industries, like think about how long it would take you to call some of your most trusted contacts, right? After a career of 20, 25 years, even if you have five to 10 years experience, it's not scalable to be able to get everybody one by one, right? But if they're all with you on social media, now you can at a keystroke influence thousands, right? And potentially tens of thousands, depending on you know how much clout you have, right? So for those that are still a bit dubious about should I be on social media, wherever you are on your career. Like it, this is a great example of Mong's group now is how, you know, we can let all these people know about something should we choose to. More than that, we're letting people know constantly about us and we're staying top of mind. Like think about the jingles and the brands that you know. They're marketing to you constantly whether you realize it or not, right? So that when it is time for you to consume a product, that's the one you think of because that's the brand that you know and trust. Now this rings true both for professionals but also for businesses, right? So I, I think you guys are doing a great job of it and it's great to try and keep pace. I have a question. So talking about marketing and you're marketing yourself, how important is the profile picture and how would you approach that? The profile picture is very important. <laughs> it's going to carry every interaction that you make as you make more connections, as you look to be social. I would invest in having a positive profile picture. Uh, if you have a picture that you can use with a microphone, in it uh, early on in a karaoke night or your alma mater, best man, maid of honor speech, uh, use that because there is a LinkedIn rumor that you will get more traffic if you look as if you're addressing an audience. Look, we, ju- we judge everything visually first. And so why would you not give yourself one foot up on an appropriate picture in the context that you want to be recognized? How much more successful are professional photos than you know, candid, even, I mean, I love that you said karaoke night, but I don't know if you, my karaoke nights look a little different. I don't <laughs> think I want to. song. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It depends on how deep in the night we are, but, um, and if I'm standing, but I think that <laughs> for me personally, and, and maybe it's just cause I'm a very visual person. When I see a professional headshot or even a professional photo of somebody holding a mic, like to me, that's, Oh, jump to a 10. Does that, do you find any metrics on that at all? Again, like aware of the kimono, I can't say exactly like mm-hmm. how it, it is weighted, but imagine this is the last thing that someone's going to see before they call you or don't, right? So what does that photo want to say, right? If you're doing the car selfie, if you're doing the thing where you're cropping out, you know, your significant other, like from you, like that's going to make an influence on that person. So depending on what your goal is to do more deals, to get more people to pay attention, to get hired. I go to LinkedIn. And if somebody does not have a picture, and, and, and you would be fascinated by the number of people that don't in the professional world, I really don't pay much attention to them at all. That's, that, that, that should be telling right there. I mean, that's what I do for a living. It's hard to be dangerous on the platform without the photo because so much of the interactions will carry that along with it. 
right? If you're ever asking for another connection, it's going to show your photo there. So for those that are sort of lurking and just looking to take, you're never going to be able to trade on it the way that you would if you're interacting in a two-way street. Just taking pictures. Taking <laughs> pictures. I'm taking a selfie right now from my new LinkedIn profile. Oh, good. Crop, crop Christie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I do. I have one question, though. Uh, LinkedIn didn't exist when I was an undergrad. Are there any specific... Uh, tools or outreach programs that you provide students who are in college right now? Yeah, students now, it's a massive part of the network to keep it uh, perpetuating. Almost four years ago, I went back to my university to give a talk to undergrads. So we had a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores there. And the deck we provided was, or we prepared was what is LinkedIn, why LinkedIn, et cetera. And then we asked who here has a profile and every hand went up. And we quickly turned off the deck and, and pivoted. And their questions were of the caliber of like, how do I approach businesses to start my own sales? So the, the services provided now, to answer your question, yes. So you do have uh, business schools, you do have career services that are uh, on and promoting the network for those people looking to hire the elusive millennial. LinkedIn is a good place to go. For students that are considering to be there, search your university. You should have the ability to be there and you should have the ability to search by alumni, by location, by function, by industry and in your network. So if you're looking for your first, you know, real job, that would be the best place to go is say, hey, Roll Tide or, or Go Cats Go. That's going to get a reply from the person that you contact because everybody remembers what it was like. Yeah. And, and, and you bring up an interesting point that there's a digital footprint everywhere online. And, and I don't care if you're drunk at a fraternity party. I really don't care if I find that and I'm interviewing you. Look, it tells me you're human. Having said that, you do need to be conscious that while LinkedIn is your professional profile, it isn't your only professional data point. Know that the initial response, regardless of the platform, is always going to be cool or ooh, right? <laughs> so <laughs> appropriately take Who that. else do we have? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've interviewed people. Last year I had somebody I interviewed, and um, I always do a quick check on arrests, and I get the best mug shots on people. And we had somebody third time in on interview and you know we asked questions what were some of the most you know disruptive things that have happened in your life how did you respond to them because we we want to understand how somebody handles adversity and uh, he decided not to include that in one of his and I understand why in one of his you know this was adverse so I just pushed it across the table to him I'm like curious this was in the public domain um, tell me about that. And he clearly was not hired, not because of that, just because he didn't respond well under pressure. It's, it's a pretty butt-clenching moment, I think, to get that in the <laughs> interview in terms of... But you got to know it's out there in the public domain, right? right? You, you need to be able to address that. Right. So I would say Google yourself, but uh, not because your Google impression is going to be different than someone else's. So get your trusted peer, someone that you trust and respect to do Google image, Google video, and see what you draw back before you start to engage. Yeah, and, and, and be able to answer the, hey, tell me about this. Because if he would have handled that appropriately, that would have been major bonus points. Because everybody screws up. It's what you do afterwards. And so if he would have been like, yeah, it was a tough night in Ybor City because mm. it was over in Tampa. <laughs> and- <laughs> I was like, I bet a lot of these are DUIs. And I've been like, cool, okay, next subject, right? Well, I think it goes both ways for how you prepare for your next you know, business engagement, right? So when you're going into clients now, not so much interviewing for yourself, like what social media will you look at aside from LinkedIn? Yeah, and, and adjust it so it's not a static document team. Your LinkedIn profile should absolutely always be updated. And if you're going in for an interview, it should be adjusted. Don't lie on there. But make sure the first two, three, four sentences of that 
are appropriate for the position you're interviewing for or the role you're looking for. Absolutely go in there and adjust that. Too many people just like, yeah, I have a LinkedIn profile and pay no mind to it. And I will let you know that every employer looks at that. Now, the level of competency of interpreting what it says is entirely different person to person. But you need to give yourself the best shot. Well, I think that that was uh, pretty useful and insightful information. I'm really glad you were on site. This was sort of a spontaneous decision. We yeah, recorded. we just pulled them in. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ed. Appreciate it. Great to see you guys. Thanks so much. And uh, stay tuned. Check in. We have a weekly podcast. We'll have another one for you next week. Give me